Every November, the Gallup group conducts a poll, and they're the ones that always do all sorts of like political polls to see, hopefully get the pulse of America now, polling who knows what, what worth it is. But they do one every November on mental health. And so they invite Americans to kind of self-report on the status of their mental health. And so people can say if they're excellent, if they're good, fair, poor, very poor. And then they, you can compare years. And you can probably imagine that 2020 was not the best year for Americans' mental health. Last year in 2019, 85% of Americans said their mental health was either excellent or good. So 85% excellent or good. And then this year in 2020, 76% of Americans said there was good or excellent. So it's down quite a bit. Not surprising to anybody with riots and elections and virus and social distancing that things would be a little bit rougher with mental health. The real interesting thing is that not everybody's mental health went down, according to this poll. Those who go to religious services every week reported in 2019, 42% of them said they was excellent. In 2020, 46% said they had excellent mental health. So those that go to religious services every single week said their mental health actually improved in 2020. And maybe just another interesting kind of side note was that those who go to religious services every month, their, their mental health, they reported, did not improve, didn't go, go any better. So it's really interesting. Those who go every week experience increase. Those who did not, whether they're atheistic or whether they just go every month, had no effect. Really kind of fascinating. Of course, as we reflect on this, Jesus doesn't come to give us mental health. Jesus doesn't come to give us emotional stability. He doesn't come to give us self-esteem. That's not the gospel. It's not to give us a good sense of self or mental health. But this Sunday, we celebrate and we remember something related something that's similar to mental health, because today is Gaudete Sunday. It's the day of joy, that we rejoice that the Lord is near. It's why it's one of these Sundays that twice a year we wear this pink vestment. Now, some people get all bent out of shape and say, it's rose, it's not pink, whatever, it's pink. Let's just call it what it is. But it's a reminder of joy, that the Lord is near, that we're getting close, we're inching closer and closer to Christmas, and that is a day to rejoice. An authentic Christian joy is not something that we can manufacture. It's something really quite different. Joy isn't something that we can just force ourselves to be happy, or we can just kind of force a smile onto our face. But authentic Christian joy is one that's received, is one that actually comes from another to us. It's not something we can just create our wish that we had, and then suddenly happened. And we get glimpses of this joy in the readings today. There's a sense of joy that always permeates the readings this Sunday. Our responsorial today is not one from the Psalms, but it's from Mary's visitation, from her Magnificat, the Cantal Full of Mary, where Mary goes as she's pregnant. She's just had the, the vision with the angel and the Annunciation, and she goes to her cousin Elizabeth, and she has this great hymn of praise. The response was, My soul rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord. There's this sense, a 
of incredible joy in the psalm today, where Mary realizes what the Lord has done for her. And the reaction is joy that God has entered, literally entered inside of her in her conception. And then in the second reading, the first letter to Thessalonians, this is the very first piece of the New Testament that was written in 1 Thessalonians. And St. Paul says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all circumstances give thanks. And there's this connection that St. Paul recognizes between giving thanks to God and rejoicing. When we turn to the Lord in thanksgiving and in gratitude, we realize just how much he has done for us. And there was this old saying that somebody once said that angels are able to fly not because they have wings, but because they don't take themselves so seriously. And what a great sign of joy to be able to turn to the Lord as he comes to dwell in our midst. And this gives a great answer to how. How do we become joyful? And of course, as we approach Christmas, one of the causes for joy in our life is that Jesus Christ, the Word, becomes flesh and dwells among us. That God enters into humanity forever, forever changing what it means to be human because God enters into our midst. And as we get close to Christmas, there's this budding anticipation that God comes to dwell amongst us. And we even hear in the gospel today, St. John the Baptist testifies to the light. He sees the light pierces the darkness. And it's so fitting that Christmas happens when it's the darkest outside. When things seem so dark, the sunrise and the sunset, is, is, uh, there's so, so little daylight. And as Christmas dawns, the light begins to grow. The light begins, the days begin to get longer as the light shines and pierces the darkness. But is this only once or twice a year that we have this joy, the joy of Christmas and the joy of new life at Easter? And of course it's not. And that gets back to this poll, that it's every single week going to meet our risen Lord, going to meet to the Word become flesh in our midst, that it's every single week that this happens, and heck, every single day, if we're able to make it, God comes in our midst, right here, this altar, right here in this very place. God comes to dwell among us in this incredible gift of the Eucharist. And of course, it's been a rather challenging year for us and the Eucharist, whether it's times where we were away or fears of getting sick, but it hopefully comes with this deep recognition about how important it is, how central it is to our lives. And of course, there's an opportunity to watch live stream mass or watch it on TV any number of days, any times throughout the year. But I think we've all gotten this sense that it could never replace actually being present here at the mass. Of course, there's reasons to stay away. There's reasons uh, of, of getting sick or taking care of elderly parents. But there is nothing that can replace, that can replicate, that can substitute for being present to our Lord here at Mass. Back in August, there was a, a Vatican cardinal that was really aware of this. And he wrote a letter to all the bishops of the world encouraging them and their pastors to make it as, as quickly as possible to come back to Mass. And I just want to read a snippet of his letter because it's so profound and so um, insightful. 
And so this cardinal writes, We have accepted our distance from the Lord's altar as a time of Eucharistic fasting, useful for us to rediscover its vital importance, beauty, and immeasurable preciousness. As soon as possible, however, we must return to the Eucharist with a purified heart, with renewed amazement, with an increased desire to meet the Lord, to be with him, and to receive him, and to bring him to our brothers and sis sisters with the witness of a life full of faith, love, and hope. It's this hope to rediscover how important the Eucharist is in our life, to allow this time of separation or this time of challenges for us to refocus and to appreciate the gift that the Lord has given. As he continues the letter, he makes reference to the year 304 in Northern Africa. In that year, the Emperor Diocletian had outlawed going to Mass, said nobody's allowed to go to Mass, you have to worship these pagan gods. And there was 49 people in this northern African town that said, nope, we're going. So they gathered for the Sunday Eucharist. They were rounded up. They were sent to prison. Eventually they were killed, all 49 of them. But before they were killed, they asked one of them, why'd you do this? Like you knew this was illegal. You knew what the sentence was, that it was punishable by death. Why would you have gathered? And the response was, we cannot live without the Lord. We cannot live without being present at the sacrifice of the Mass. We cannot live without being nourished by the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We cannot live without gathering as his community to worship and praise. We cannot live without being gathered in this house of the Lord. We simply cannot live without the Lord. And so we return to the Lord with joy. We come back here to this Mass, week in and week out, being refreshed by the Lord, offering our praises, surrendering our sufferings, and knowing how vital it is for our life. And I've had the, the great opportunity to talk to so many parishioners and really being strengthened and encouraged by how much the Mass is meant for them and how challenging those two months in the spring were of being separated from him and being kind of enlivened by this letter by the Vatican Cardinal decided that the year 2021 for our four parishes is going to be a year dedicated to the Eucharist, a year dedicated to renewing our fire, renewing our gratitude, our reverence, and our awe at this incredible gift that God comes to dwell in our midst, that he gathers us here week in and week out. And there's a little echo in the first reading where the prophet Isaiah is sent to announce a year of favor to the Lord. And it's my hope, Father Jedediah's hope, that this year may be one that we announce a great year of favor to the Lord, for the Lord, that we may recognize with hearts purified, that we may have this sense just how powerful the Lord is in our midst, in his incredible goodness, by dwelling here in our church, being present to this great sacrifice of the Mass. And so hopefully in this year of 2021, dedicated to the Eucharist, our hearts may be purified, our minds may be attentive to Him, and we may have this great appreciation 
and dedication to Jesus Christ in our midst. Because our Lord comes to dwell in our midst. How incredibly blessed we are that Jesus Christ comes to dwell among us. Not just at Christmas, not just every year that we celebrate the feast of his nativity, but every single time Mass is celebrated. And our response is one of abundant joy. That God loves us so much that he's willing to dwell with us in the Eucharist. That he gives us this incredible gift of joy. That we may rejoice in the Lord's presence. And we may live this entire year with a sense of peace, with a sense of hope, and a renewed dedication to the joyful presence of Jesus Christ in our midst.